listening to All Things Video, a podcast dedicated to uncovering the past and charting the future of the online video ecosystem. This episode is brought to you by Epidemic Sound, the company reimagining music licensing for the digital age. Epidemic's library contains tens of thousands of tracks that you can license a la carte or on a subscription basis. Unlike other music licensing companies, Epidemic Sound owns its entire catalog and makes tracks available via one straightforward license to cover all your needs, worldwide and in perpetuity. No more headaches around usage reporting, performance royalties, or murky rights ownership. It's better for the artists and better for you, the creator. So whatever your music needs, Epidemic Sound has got you covered. You're listening to All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and today's guest is Fred Chong, co-founder and CEO of Prodigy Media and its digital creator network, WebTV Asia. Fred, welcome to the show. Hello, James. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. We're coming to you live from the Palm Restaurant in beautiful Beverly Hills. And yeah. so you've had quite the journey to get here, coming from <laughs> Malaysia. And then you mentioned before we started recording that you were in Australia <laughs> visiting some family. Yep. It's quite yep. the journey. It, it has been like a tiring you know, couple of weeks. I was in Saigon as well before I came here. So yeah, it's my first trip to LA. Wow. I've heard so much about it. I've seen so much about it. So this is my first trip. I'm very excited. What do you think so far? It's uh, it's actually beyond my expectation. You know, the, the, the place is the place is beautiful. You know, the, the the weather. You know, you know, blue sky. Everything is just good. Yeah, we're spoiled here. Good yeah. weather, good food, great yes. people. You know, a lot yes. to explore. That's awesome. Well, I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about your career path. You're a serial entrepreneur from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and you've created several successful media companies. So, what inspired you to pursue that career path? Actually, when I I was studying from I was studying in New Zealand, so I was actually a civil engineer before before I like did my post grad. So because I I'm passionate about music and uh, entertainment, you know, in general. So after I completed my civil engineering, I actually pursued like a, a master's degree, and it's called like engineering management. So I think the important thing is um, my thesis that I, I completed it was based on innovation versus invention. So the the conclusion of the thesis is that nine out of ten inventors don't make money, and it's because um, inventors don't innovate and they don't bring the invention into so-called commercialization stage. So because of that, I, I didn't realize that at that time, but that has since become the bedrock and foundation of what I do. Is how do I, being like a composer, being like a, a storyteller, a scriptwriter, you know, how do I actually make something, you know, from a creation into like a com- commercialization stage? So ever since that, you know, I I pursued in, in in ringtone business, you know, I pursued in filmmaking and then digital, you know, it's all because we we need to, you know, composers and and creators they don't make enough money, they 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 don't make a good living. And that's not right. So ever since that, I've, I've been pursuing this direction to actually make, you know, creators and, and inventors, you know, create a better value out of them. That's fascinating. So you wanted to help them bring their ideas to life. Yep. Was that inspiration because you also are a bit of a creator yourself or you recognized the business opportunity here and wanted them to be able to make a living doing what they love? I started writing songs when I was like 16 years old. So I was in, in New Zealand at the time, but I, I kind of like sold my first composition to like, like at the time, like the biggest Hong Kong, you know, boy band in, in Asia. So that, that got me started. So ever since that, instead of just writing songs, I produce, 
and then I moved beyond you know music to film. So I started to, to write and produce feature films in Malaysia. So that you know my first film was uh, we got really lucky because the first feature film actually broke the national Malaysia box office record. Wow! So from then I I've took even more passion and, and interest in filmmaking. So I actually went all the way to New York and I did like a, a producing course at like the New, the New York Film Academy about a couple of years ago. So that was my only trip to US. So wow, this is, okay. LA is my kind of my second trip. Coast to coast, very good. Yeah. <laughs> and do you still produce films today? Are you passionate about that side of the business? So interesting because um, after producing a couple of films, I realized filmmaking is just not about creating a film. It's about distribution, promotion, and, and all the, all that network beyond filmmaking. So over the last four years, I I haven't produced a single film over the last four years because I've been busy pursuing a digital brand that we started called Web TV Asia. Because we realized that um, it's it's actually there's actually a gap in Asia that very little, very few you know people in America actually realize is that in, in US you know US see Asia as one market. Because if you produce Thor or, or, or Iron Man or Superman, Asia is your market because you could just distribute one market, which is called Asia. But if you're a Malaysian film or like a Thailand film or a China film, it's not that simple. Because Asia is not one market; it's actually a very segmented market because of li- because of language and culture and race and all that. So for us, is that you know I want to pursue something which I'm hoping to to actually connect Asia and eventually make Asia one market. So over the last four years, that's what the goal of Web TV Asia has be- has been. Great, and you're active in several of those markets. I think ten countries today. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. We have ten physical offices in ten ten countries. Okay, yeah. and what are some of those markets that are important to you? Well, you know, coming from Malaysia, the first market that we pursued was um, China, because we we were we were kind of like a, a multi-channel network business working closely with YouTube. And four years ago, and even now, YouTube and Google is kind of like banned completely in China. But there are actually a lot of really good digital and premium content that is um, that is being uploaded onto the YouTube platform. So it's kind of like illegally uploaded. Sure. So what? And are people still using a VPN to access the content? Kind of, kind of. Yeah, they, they do that. But uh, the government's sort of like cramping into that quite mm-hmm. a bit. So what? What Web TV Asia played is that we went to China and we offered our service. It's like in China, if you uh, they, there are a lot of really good Chinese content that's being uploaded on YouTube illegally. Can we become that legitimate business partner or a distribution partner for a lot of these Chinese companies? So we did that, and and China was our first uh, sort of like market to enter. So we were very lucky because we went in there, and, and at the time, like like big giants like Youku and Tencent, they were looking for partners to actually help control and promote the content. So we started doing that. For these big giants, on the local player platforms in China. Uh-huh. No, actually, we we helped them manage the YouTube oh, channel. YouTube. Oh, so we did wow, all the okay. uploading yeah. and distribution and promotion for sure. on the YouTube platform. So from from Tencent uh, to Yuku, and then eventually to all the big like artists like Tia Boys and SNH48, and a lot of really big you know players from China. Sure. It's actually working closely with us for distribution outside of China. So from China, uh, we went with YouTube to Thailand. And then from Thailand we went to Taiwan, and then recently in Vietnam and in Indonesia, and then recently we opened up offices in Tokyo and, and Korea as well. Wow, that's great! So you really are all over impact. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I was in India for a while beginning this year. Sure. It's a big market. Um, yeah, we're still very excited to actually uh, penetrate the market. A lot of uh, historical, cultural connections between Malaysia and India. Yes. Yeah, yes, good. correct. So what do you see as the biggest differences between Western media and Asian media? Well, if I want to talk about digital media, what we saw was basically infrastructure and technology that plays a very important role. Countries like Vietnam or or, or Thailand or Indonesia, because um, the, what do you call it, the, the, the traditional um, infrastructure wasn't that ready. So it means that a lot of people do not have like access to a landline, for example. But today, they skip from having a landline directly to 4G. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest difference is that a lot of young people, they didn't you know, discover TV. But immediately they discovered, you know, mobile, they, they discovered YouTube and Facebook. So they jump like one, two generations. So immediately they, they're all like today, the, the young so-called Asian millennials are actually even more savvy than the, you know, the American millennials. But they've never seen TV. Sure. So that's, that's a weird, weird way to put it. Yeah, you're right. They're skipping entire generations of technology and maybe yeah. they're watching YouTube or Facebook content. It might still be in a lean back environment. Of course, they're going to use their mobile phones, but they might also broadcast to a smart TV. True. What does that mean for OTT services like Netflix or Hulu or local players in parts of Asia? Like I said in the beginning, a lot of Asian countries are still very Asian. So it means that they consume a lot more local content than like uh, more more Western um, savvy countries like Singapore or, or, or Hong Kong. So so it means that if the foreign like OTT players want to actually penetrate Asia, they need to you know have a lot more localized content so that they could connect to the local people. Sure. Mm. And are you finding that content that's created in a local market, say? Uh, Indonesia or perhaps Vietnam has strong export value outside of the country because some countries are well known for that, right? Korea uh, has K-pop and, and other media formats that it's successfully exported, but we've, I think, struggled to see that same level of translation of content from, say, Japan or Indonesia, etc. For Web TV Asia, 95% uh, of the content that we manage and produce are non-English content. Mm -hmm. that, that's because we want to penetrate local market. But if you're talking about the potential of... Um, uh, Vietnamese content or Thailand content being exported at the moment I don't see that happening because uh, based on like big data and, and, and our analytics um, for example like 90% and above uh, of the viewers that are watching these content are from the, the, the respective local market so there's not a lot of traffic coming from overseas quite yet what are some of the other markets that you're excited to expand into? Are there other parts of Asia? You mentioned India. Are there Myanmar? Are there other uh, territories that are interesting for you? The exciting market I'm really interested in is U.S. Oh, wow. Because uh, why? Because um, if, if I look at uh, data analytics, for example, we manage some of the really good uh, Chinese content, the digital Chinese content, and like a lot of them are coming from U.S. And not because American audience are finding it interesting is because a lot more Asian audience are actually now coming to US. So it's the diaspora viewers. Yes, yes. And because the advertisers in America pays a lot more. So that means that if whether you have American content or Asian content, if it's been consumed in this country, you get paid a lot more. So that's why I feel like this is the big market and we have some of the most premium Asian content, whether it's Vietnamese or Chinese or, or Indonesians that Today, you know, I'm going through the airport in LA two days ago, and there's so many Asians that are actually coming to America. 
So these are, you know, the big audience that, you know, the potentials, because they are the ones that's going to be spreading the news, the spreading the good words about these Asian contents to, you know, the American friends. So I'm, I'm hoping that this would actually catch on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. What are some of the challenges in managing such a globally dispersed business? You see, that's a good thing about being a Malaysian that a lot of people don't know because we're multilingual and we grew up in a country where uh, there's so many multi-race, like it's multiracial. So we are quite natural. Malaysians, being whether I'm Chinese or Indian or Malay, we're quite natural in communicating and working with people from all nationality. So I think the biggest challenge for Web TV Asia is actually communication. So what we do is that um, countries like Thailand or Indonesia or all the way to Korea and China, we have like our sort of like leader from, from that country is actually always a Malaysian. So we are relying on that Malaysian connection to help us connect Asia in general. So that's why, you know, I kept saying Web TV Asia is being, we want to be that, that brand and that company that eventually would connect Asia and make it into one market for us. What's coming next? If you had to make three predictions about the online video space, what do you see? I'm hoping or I'm seeing the growth of the actual value of Asian content. Yes, a lot of American viewers know about K-pop and K-drama, but they're actually really good Chinese drama and, and Thailand. You know, Thai is famous for ghost story and horror stories. There's a lot of remakes being made in America from, from Thailand. Um, so I, I'm seeing the appreciation and value of Asian content, you know, increasingly popular across Asia and, and America. And uh, what I'm seeing is that, you know, this trip, you know, coming to LA, you know, we're talking about, uh, it's actually the other way around of promoting IP. So, you know, uh, it used to be the formats, is, is American formats actually being popularized in Asia. So we're actually seeing the, the other way around. Really? Wow. So there are potential of really good IP where, where this TV format or film formats are being remake into English and international level. So so these are the, the trends that I'm seeing and hoping it would actually become popular. Yeah, and how do you evangelize that? How do you encourage collaboration or taking of a format that's successful in one region and take it and, and uh, maybe replicate that success in another market? I think I think digital media and what WebTV Asia does uh, on, on the YouTube and working with some of the most influential uh, so-called uh, KOLs or key you know key opinion leaders would help spread that idea across many countries. So to me, it's like uh, we we work closely with you know some of the most influential you know Instagrammers or Facebook or YouTubers across Asia, and we rely on them to actually start to you know promote that. Are there other platforms that are locally relevant outside of the YouTubes, Facebooks, Instagrams? Are you seeing people, you know, being influential on WeChat or online or other uh, kind of local platforms? There are a lot of local platforms, but they restricted to the owned market itself, and which to me it's actually very costly. Like Line, Line has Line TV in Thailand, uh, which is a very popular platform, but it's hard to actually promote it in in so many countries. For example, so you know, uh, good that you asked that because uh, you know. By becoming Web TV Asia, we're actually launching our own platform. It's called Love L U V E, and because uh, you know, we now that we have accumulating our traffic across YouTube and uh, accumulating the subscribers, and also those most influential YouTube channels, we want to create a place where it becomes premium. So you know, I'm hoping that you know the the, the top creators wouldn't want their videos to be placed side by side the cat videos. So they want that premium. So at the end of the day, it's like, how do I make Asian content more premium? It's by giving them a premium space. 
And that's what, you know, eventually WebTV is going to do that with our own platform. Wow. And so will Love be an ad-supported platform where you just can sell more of the inventory yourselves and command higher CPMs? Or are you looking at more of a subscription model? It's not going to be subscription. The thing about Asia is that it's not in our DNA sure. to actually pay and subscribe. So, uh-huh. so to me, it's like the ad-driven model. It's the way to go. Or Asia. even a transactional model. Yes, yes. in some parts of Asia. True. And when is that set to launch? Do you have any... We, uh... We've already launched it in Thailand. Oh, wow. It's got really good pickup rate and we're launching that in Taiwan by end of these, this year. And next year will be Indonesia and Vietnam and, and across the Chinese-speaking country. Yeah, so we're very excited about that, that launch. What else does the future hold for Prodigy Media and WebTV Asia? To me, it's like end of the day, I, I want to connect Asia through media entertainment. We, we want to con- connect Asia with, you know, by creating more value for creators. So including creating like academy. So we're launching like Creators Academy Asia so that more people could learn about digital production and digital marketing and also managing themselves on digitally. So that's what we're creating. Uh, you know, we're launching that in Indonesia. You know, so we, we're going to grow that space because it's really important for us to create value for creators, especially coming from Asia. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's so critical that many of these creators are starting out for the first time and need help understanding how the platforms work. How do I grow audience? How do I monetize? How do I create a successful production that's going to reach my audience? True. That's true. a really important resource. Yes, true. What are some of the books or other uh, things that may have influenced you and your thinking over the years? I came across a book called um, Buzz Marketing. So at the time, Buzz Marketing talks about word of mouth, but I think it's very applicable to today's so-called online digital video business. So Buzz Marketing talks about, you know, the six buttons, you know, things like that. So so that, uh, I think Mark Hughes wrote that book. And then, of course, like Seth Godin, is influential to me and then yeah the purple cow you know I've no, I don't that. know that one yep those are interesting books that I've Very read cool. yeah. I have to add a few things to my reading list yep <laughs> good mm. uh, if you were to start a new business in the online video space today knowing everything you know now and obviously you're, you're right in the midst of building web tv asia and launching love and all the other exciting things you're doing but if you were starting from scratch what would you do what things are exciting to you now I'm not sure but uh, recently I came across an idea that you know in Asia there's no rotten tomato of Asia. Mm. So something that is quite interesting that, you know, end of the day, I, I think about creators, you know, reviewers, critics, they're all creators, but Asian critics and reviewers, they don't get that platform to expose their writing. So to me, it's like, that's quite interesting that if I would start something, that would be something that I would explore. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one of these days when you actually have free time. <laughs> That sounds like I, I just realized, you know, Rotten Tomatoes like yeah. started by like a couple of Vietnamese or Asian, oh, was it? Asian wow. Chinese or something. And then yeah. I believe it was acquired by one of the major studios. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I've got to, I've got to do more research. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> and where can people find out more about you and more about Prodigy Media and WebTV Asia? Well, they, they could, you know, definitely go to our website webtvasia.com. To me, it's like you know, as someone who manages a lot of YouTube channels, they don't hear about WebTV Asia, but they all, they only hear about the channels that we manage. But to me, I think there's, there's a big potential for new generations of Asian creators to come. So if they're interested, you know, uh, they could contact us by, you know, info at webtvasia.com. They could actually write to us. Well, thanks so much. I'm glad we had a chance to sneak this in during your very busy uh, first trip to L.A. <laughs> the city has a lot to offer, so I hope you get to, uh, to take advantage of that over the next few days. And thanks again for coming on the show. This was pleasure, amazing. Pleasure is all mine, James. Thank you so much. Thanks, Fred. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. I'm James Creech, and this has been another edition of All Things Video. If you like what you hear, 
We hope you'll share and subscribe for new episodes. See you next time. Bye.